This episode of the Virtus Podcast is brought to you by Manscaped. No, just kidding. On this episode, Jasmine Spate, our newest addition to the team, sat down with head coach Mitch Rowe to discuss what makes her tick, what she's been up to, and what she aspires to do in the future. Since giving us all COVID in late December in 2021, she's been a really, really valuable and much-loved addition to the team. If you've been lucky enough to spend an extended period of time with her or you're yet to meet her, this is a great podcast to get to know the newest addition to our team. She's just finished up a few weeks placement at a neurological rehab centre, so she'll talk all about that and what she aspires to do in the future. All right, welcome back to the Virtus Performance Podcast. Little change in host, uh, upgraded, better quality, better looking, uh, <laughs> taller, tander, uh, you name it. Uh, for those that do not know my voice or are seeing my face for the first time, my name is Mitch. Uh, I am head coach here at Virtus. Today's guest, very special. I've had to tie her to the chest and <laughs> uh, tie her to the chest, tie her to the chair, <laughs> lock the door, throw the key. We'll be back in an hour is Jasmine Spates. Welcome. <laughs> Thank you. I was, I was getting a little nervous. You weren't going to say anything then. First podcast, yes? Uh, yes. Oh, this is exciting. First question, what's your heart rate currently? <laughs> I need, yes, please. It was 95 a minute ago. Yeah, for reference, Jazz's resting heart rate. Well, what did we work out it was? <laughs> about 46. Yeah, about 46. Resting heart rate. We're currently sitting at... 95. 95. So we're, we're peaking. <laughs> we're doing a slow jog currently. <laughs> Jazz, you are one of our newest, well, you are our newest coach at Virtus mm-hmm. and you have recently been on placement. So there's still probably lots of Virtus members that haven't seen you yet. Mm-hmm. Tell us about yourself now and then we're going to deep dive a little bit about you as a child, you as an adult God. and where we're going from there. <laughs> not too not too deep, but that's where we're going to start. Um, where I am currently now in terms yeah, of... Yeah, tell us about yourself. Well, if someone said, hey, Jazz, tell me about yourself, what are you going to start with? Uh, well, I'm currently completing my master's in exercise physio, um, so I've got about just under a year to go, um, but also working as a strength and conditioning coach um, as well. But yeah, just playing sport um, and working pretty much part-time student, part-time, well, I should say full-time work. Um, interesting to juggle, but i um, enjoying it as well. Cool. Where do you study? What are you doing? Uh, DCAN, exercise phys. Mm-hmm. What placement did you just finish and what are you going to next uh i just finished my first placement at a neuro rehab clinic um so i was at full time um at neurological rehab group so yeah that was intense but a really good experience character development yes as always (laughs) our favorite thing here Mm -hmm. um so obviously you like i have many fingers in many pies you do lots of different things every week so tell us what a what a normal week right now looks like for jazz um, well, it does change every week, but at the moment, I am currently working um, at a place called Base Physio and Performance, as well as at Virtus. Um, so, I spend my mornings, afternoons, working at either a place in a school setting, as well as in a clinical environment, or in a gym here at Virtus. And then in the afternoons, um, I am working at St Kilda with you, uh, with the A4W girls. Very nice. Uh, what's your favourite job? Oh, I don't have one. I like them uh, for different reasons. I'm going to sit on the fence. <laughs> coward. All right. What is the best part about each of your jobs then? Um, and what's the worst part? Because they're not all just positive and sunshine and rainbows. 
Um, I think the what are we going to go through and list them all, or are we just going to say? You're as in all? charge. You're in charge. Welcome to a non-formatted podcast. Uh, uh, also, for everyone listening at home, I had uh, a note sheet with some questions <laughs> on it that has somehow disappeared from the office at Virtus. And <laughs> for anyone who knows Lachlan and his ability to clean things, he only does it when he's avoiding something. So mm-hmm. normally bills or tasks or things that other people rely on. So we're we're going to call it free bowling today. Okay. So free ball. That's what we're going to do. Um, I think the best part of the job that I get to do is the clientele that I get to work with. I really enjoy working with athletes and then also in the rehab space. Um, I love to problem solve and all of my jobs involve having to do some form of problem solving. Um, so I like to think and just keep busy, but again, creative and in a sense as well. I think they're all similar, but different in the sense of just different environments, which is what I like being into. I wouldn't be able to just do a nine to five job that wouldn't fit my personality. I like to be constantly working on projects and getting better each day. Um, And I think all of my jobs allow me to do that at this time, which is what I like. Cool. And how did you get into the health and fitness, sports science, rehab-y field? Oh, well, I was listening to your podcast the other day. It was pretty much the same as I was an athlete when I was younger. Oh, I played sport. I wouldn't know if I was an athlete. Um, and <laughs> and I love, I love sport. Um, but, yeah, I had a strength and conditioning. I had no idea what it was, but I had a strength and conditioning coach when I was younger, when I was getting into netball and it was a little bit more serious and I loved it. Uh, it got me – I had heaps of injuries as well, like just little ones throughout the growth spurt and, uh, yeah. I'm still I've, waiting for my second one. So You're still waiting for – Second growth spurt. <laughs> that's not happening <laughs> yeah, I still have hope I'm not that old yet I forgot what we were talking nah, about I'm now chalked. I'm shocked. I know you are Yeah mm-hmm. I forgot what we were talking about now You changed the topic What do you mean what were we talking about? I can't remember what we were talking about What were you, what were you just describing? So we're gonna, we were going to get into this later But it seems that it's reared its head at the very start here um, For those that have either worked with Jazz Or been the coach Or an athlete of Jazz Jazz has these things, especially at St Kilda, we, we call them jazz moments or idioms where jazz just <laughs> does little air hairy type things. There might be one of them right there. <laughs> so the first question on that topic, and we're getting on back to what we were just talking about, but the first question, this one comes from Ben Frith, of oh all people. Oh, God. And I, I don't have any <laughs> notes, so this one's just cemented upstairs. Is, jazz, where is the weirdest, most strange place you've left your phone? Because you have... Being known to leave your phone on the ground or in the gym or who knows else. And that's what we're going to find out. Um, several places. But the most recent one was I... We work at... At base, we work at, um, at schools as well. And it's about 15 minutes away. And I left it there and then had to travel back from base, back to the school and had to go in a bit of a wild goose chase to try and find it <laughs> and make it back for my patient at 4.30. Do you have an Apple Watch? Yes, and yes, Doesn't somebody. I find my phone. Somebody just told me how to use oh, no. it. <laughs> that should be your I newest, can't most who it used was. app. We're gonna get into that question later as well. Of what is your most used app in your phone? And I think find my phone might be up there. <laughs> Probably needed. Anyway, anyway, moving on, <laughs> moving on. Let's let's talk about let's talk not baby jazz, but let's, little jazz. We're oh. we're talk about childhood and growing up because obviously not and talking to people across this week, full knowing that this podcast is coming up. Not a lot of people know much about you because obviously, and we'll get into this, you're not originally from around where Virtus is and 
you did a quick-fired internship, and we'll get into how you got a job <laughs> and things like that. But not a lot of people know a lot about you. So I'm, we're going right back. So let's talk about primary school, growing up, family life, where'd you start, where'd you go, what happened? Tell me about it. All right. Well, you're uh, in charge from here. <laughs> that was a long question. Was, I don't even know where to start. I'm excited because I don't know this part either. So, um, I grew up around the eastern suburbs area with my family. So I have two older brothers, Zach and Xander, uh, and then my mum and my dad um, as well. So we were around that area, all same primary school. Uh, played a lot of sport. Um, love my brothers; they're the best. So had them as great role models throughout my life, which has been awesome. Um, but haven't really moved around from there um, as well. And then around, stayed around that area when I was going into high school as well. I've been to the same schools as my brothers throughout. Um, so super close to them. They're the best. Um, actually, currently in a couple of months, moving out with Zach. Um, Is he paying for more of it and that's why you're sweet talking him? Or? Uh, absolutely. Yeah, He's yeah, older. Like, no, no, I'd do the same thing. Like, carry on, as you were. Um, but yeah, so super close with them and they're the best. So, And now we're going to be closer to Xander who moved out a couple of years ago uh, as well. Um, but So how old are your brothers? Uh, Xander is, we're two years apart. Zach's 24, Xander's 26. Very nice. Yes. As well. Okay. I didn't know that either. Yeah. Um, yeah, they're both older. Uh, yeah, so I've just played heaps of sport. That was pretty much my childhood sport. What, what sports? Um, well, when I was really younger, my mum put me in dance and that lasted about maybe That's a, a year because I would just be on the concert, like the stage and just waving at my mum the whole time. That doesn't surprise <laughs> me though. Um, yeah, it was actually, yeah, heaps of fun. I tried heaps of different sports. Um, I just had too much energy. I used to be really loud and confident and now I'm just super I know, quiet. Still loud. <laughs> yeah, I'm loud, but um, yeah, heaps of different things. My main ones, I did track and field, cross country. I was Events. more of... Uh, I was long, longer distance, so anything above 800 metres. And then cross country, loved longer distance. I'm not fast at all or powerful in the slightest. <laughs> oh, I don't know about that. <laughs> Maybe not in the slightest. <laughs> um, but yeah, and then moved into more netball and then netball was my main sport that I went into a little bit more. Um, yeah. Was netball something you thought you wanted to do like long term? Because obviously, obviously a lot of kids listen to this podcast as well as sport being something that they want to do as like a job. Was that the same for you or? Um, yes, I guess everyone, like I'm most people and you, I listen to your podcast and you're the same. I wanted to continue on with netball and um, go into like VNL and keep getting better. But again, I just wasn't good enough. I got to, a, I was in a state, state team and I was pretty good. And I was like training about five, I reckon I was five, six times a week and did all the try I did tryouts for a couple of years and there's just so many girls and um just was, like super I just wasn't good enough basically <laughs> in in what way because I only upon reflection have kind of come to this realization mm-hmm. so you may or may not have as well but what what stopped you from taking the next step um well I that would have been the year that I got offered an internship to go into work in sport um and it was pretty much one or the other. I wouldn't have... How old are you at this stage? Uh, 18? Okay. So not too long ago. No, maybe... I would have started trying out for clubs and places when I was 7, 
18 and then 17, 18. Um, I thought I was going to continue on with netball like, and just see how it went and have it something that I would do on the side. But I ended up prioritising being able to work in the industry because I ended up loving it. Um, and then, yeah, things just kind of changed and then I guess COVID also hit. Um, so now I'm just playing for a little bit of just fun every now and then when nice. I when I can. Nice. Yeah. And then talk about post kind of netball, what, where'd you find your passion? Because obviously sport was obviously a big part of your life growing up. Mm. Where did that kind of passion shift? Um, well, it would have been through, it would have been through my, one of my la- la- latest, wait, I don't know what I'm trying to say. Well, my last netball club that I was at, I had two really good coaches um, and there was like strength and conditioning and that was probably the first time. Name drop? Um, Rob and Lauren Nardelli, they ran, um, this is where I got my first job as well, um, doing netball coaches and clinics and just strength and conditioning. So they are like the best, um, and they like heaps of fun. And like, I had no experience whatsoever. And they were like, yeah, here you go. Just go and try and do your best and fail and learn, which was, I think early on learning that you're going to be shit at the start was okay. And that's fine. That's where... You're never going to know everything and you're just going to just keep on learning, getting better. Um, but yeah, they were awesome in the sense and I loved it heaps and I kind of just went down, had my first placement um, in uni and again loved it and just found a passion through, well, strength and conditioning it helped me when I was younger because I was always injured and I was, yeah, it just went no, growth spurt, there's heaps of things that happen during like when you're just in that age group. So I think having those two as role models for me were like the best. And then now I kind of see as I want to be that for younger girls and um, which is why I like working in the schools and working with youth athletes. And I think there's, that's a very, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Uh I think it's a make or break age in terms of having a good role model because if I didn't have those, I wouldn't know where. I think that was a big turning point for me. What what qualities do you think makes up good role models, or what should kids or parents or you know coaches look out for in role models? Do you think? Um, well, I think people just need to listen a little bit more. I think listening, um, and just well, what they did really well for me was they allowed. Yeah, they just allowed me to fail in terms of being able to be in that environment. We're not always going to be perfect. And I think it's just having that person that's actually going to genuinely try and help you um, listening. And yeah, it's probably the biggest one. Is I just think we we spend too much time talking rather than listening to the um, other person. Ironic for us. <laughs> not so much ironic for other people listening at home, but I feel attacked right now. No. <laughs> Very funny. No no, 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 no. I'm just kidding. Through... High school, I guess, was sports performance or S&C or something along that path kind of always the aim or did you have something else you might start with? See, I loved art and I loved um, like visual community, like design. So I was actually thinking that I was going to go down that route for a little bit. Um, and I always, like, I always was playing sport and I absolutely loved it. And I kind of had it in my, kind of had it there just in case. And I thought that I was going to go into more, I looked into unis for design and like, just didn't end up doing it. I don't know, it just didn't end up happening. And then I just applied for exercise and sports science because I, in the end I decided that I 
well, through my strength and conditioning coaches, that was something that I wanted to do. I was going to, I thought that I would just be performance based and strength and conditioning, not really knowing or anything about it, um, except for what I'd known and yeah, potentially go down the netball, netball coaching. Um, Practically, I really wanted to do what Rob and Lyron were doing. Um, So I was really lucky that I had them from a young age. And then what about kind of uni life? Like what did uni life look like to you? Did you enjoy the transition from year 12 where everything's very much given to you and set up for mm. you and your job is to kind of follow the process whereas uni is very much a you take what you want out of it and you kind of get out what you put in. What was the transition like and kind of did you enjoy like the first, you know, two years of uni? I know you're still studying but mm. from an undergrad point of view, like what was that transition period like? Uh, I loved it because uh, I wasn't like in my ATAR wasn't um, in, like impressive or anything. I had to work very hard to be able to get the grades I needed to to even get into like an exercise science. My grades were not great naturally. I have to work very hard for them. Um, and then going into uni, things just made more sense to me because it was in the context of something that I had passion for um, rather than just having to write an essay. I think there was more contact context behind and I actually could see where I was going. Um, so I really loved going into uni and having that different flexibility and then having more of a practical side. Early on, I had like, um, it would have been my first year. And lucky for um, Rob and Lauren, I was already working as a coach and had a little bit of experience, but nothing crazy. Um, and yeah, as soon as one of my lecturers was like, you have to start coaching now. Um, that's probably my biggest advice. And I did basically just try to get as much coaching reps in and then through my first placement which I loved. It was at Rise. Um, I met some really awesome people and from there that's pretty much kind of where I've gone. Yeah. Um, but loved the flexibility and how it was actually – and I know sports science is very broad still, but through having the placements, you can see a little bit better about where you actually want to go. Yeah. Was um, – I think – was your first year – you might have been the first group to go through the two lots of placement. Yeah, because did I didn't do that when I went through mm. um, my undergrad, which is why I eventually did the internship here at Virtus. And mm. as we worked out today, we've been here for seven years and I'm still here. So, <laughs> um, do you find, and I think this is a great idea that uni's transition to, that second year placement is to kind of dip your toes in the water mm. kind of thing. Did you find at the time benefit in that? But now looking back at it, did you kind of, do you feel like that helped you set up like what you wanted to do for, you know, third year and then also after uni as well or? Yeah, I don't think 80 or what was it, 120. I don't think that's nearly enough to know. Yeah, I'm not sure how it's actually done. We had to do two placements, um, but there's option to do more, which uh, I ended up doing just because I found value. And I think you've got to do, in our industry, it's just known that you've got to do some pretty, like additional work in order to kind of get to where you want. I don't think 120 is because that's one placement in one place. That doesn't give you a lot of kind of options to see what you like or what you don't like. Um, I think the more practical it can be, the better rather than just having to, there is a, just knowing the content doesn't, that gets you the grades, but I think you just need to get out there and coach because you, it's a people's industry. You have to learn how to talk to people and interact and you just don't get that enough unless you keep learning through actually being in the industry and the environment. Yeah. And I guess obviously this week is first week of uni and I'm back teaching this week. Mm. And our whole first week is based around like health appraisals and, you know, objective data and taking blood pressure and blood and things like that, yep. which they've never done before. But 
the best thing about the unit is it's you reiterated from the start that this unit is yes it's about the practical side of things but it's also about the soft skills and your ability to communicate because mm. in a few of my seminars this week we were talking about um like how you get your jobs and things like that and as I'm sure some people will hate me for and mm-hmm. have heard me say before, like I haven't necessarily actually applied for a job for me and had a formal interview. Like a lot of the stuff we do is very similar to this, um, to be honest, like more of just a casual chat, coffee, something like that. But from obviously running an internship program here and having interns at base and you being an intern yourself, like a lot of the things that we want our interns to be is just good people because mm. what we can do with good people is teach them the things we need to learn. So is that something that Rise and your other placements kind of instilled in you as well? or? Uh, well, yes. I think I, even at Rise from, that's where I met Keegs, who um, is one of the owners at um, Base. Uh, all of them I find, I don't know, just the people, the people you want to be around, you kind of just, well, you, you just find kind of each other. Um, and through Rise, every single placement, my kind of theory was just kind of, to do the best job I possibly could to get the most out of each um, um, that I could. I wanted to make a – I remember I've, I remember this, and I don't know if he does, but from literally the day one, they sit down – I reckon there was must have been 80, 80 interns across yeah, the week at Rise. There's quite a few, which is why it's chaos. such a it, – Organised chaos. Chaos. Oh, okay, maybe. <laughs> Coming from someone who runs interns for like six to eight people, yeah. like 80, terrifies yeah. me. So kudos yeah. to Rise. Uh, they're – it's such a great place to learn because it's a safe environment to to fail and make mistakes. Um, but he said he doesn't – he won't remember all of us. He'll only remember the ones that are memorable. And that was like, oh, I said to myself, like, okay, we'll be memorable, um, which is awesome because then he went on and gave me the opportunity to work with Melbourne as an intern and then also through that, that's where I found base uh, as well. So a lot of good things have come out of that placement and just being – trying to be a good person and help people and – um, do the best job I could. Great segue, but uh, our timer here says 21 minutes, which is about a third of the way through <laughs> the podcast. So can we have a heart rate check, please? <laughs> uh, no, I'm not kidding. Still highly caffeinated. <laughs> I am sitting at 78. I was 78 seven minutes ago. I am now... Freaking out. <laughs> it takes a while to sink. Apple Watches. Don't you have an Apple Watch? No, I got one. It's still going. 74. Hey, we're relaxed. <laughs> hey, we're good. Uh, for reference, we'll be doing that in another 20 minutes, so we'll see okay. where we're at then. <laughs> Segway, though, you just talked about interning at Melbourne. Yes. Talk to me about that experience and then what it kind of led you to. Because yeah. this part I kind of know because this is where I, from afar, got introduced <laughs> to you uh, without really ever knowing each other. This is how I yeah. knew you as Jazz, I guess you could say. Yeah, okay. Or as your Instagram handle. Yeah, okay. <laughs> um, yeah, well, I knew the role was com- – I had no experience in team sport as well and my first day was absolutely petrifying. Um, but I think it's good to be uncomfortable because that's how we learn. Um, but This, <laughs> this is, prob- is why we're doing the podcast. I, I know. I know, character building. <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, but my role there was – well, it would have been Kane at the time and then also Keegs um, was to, an assistant, but it was an intern role. Um so I was assisting in like strength and conditioning and then also rehab. So Sammy Batterton at the time was the head of rehab. Um, and I kind of we, I followed him around and asked lots of questions. And you start with just being like the biggest thing I think is for an intern is just to be proactive and look around and see what can I do to make this, to make someone's job easier or how can you give back because you're asking so many questions 
Um, and I reckon you I love ch- proactive people. I know, but I asked a lot of questions, and I was probably there were days like, Good. "Come on, Jazz." <laughs> <laughs> um, so I think, yeah, I just observed and watched and did as much as I could, um, knowing that it wasn't a it wasn't a a role, it was an internship. So I yeah went in there and just learned as much as I could and tried to be proactive and helpful in any way that I could, not knowing that I hadn't had any sort of experience in that. And at the time, I was I reckon I was nine. 18, 19 at the time, um, but I was super grateful for the opportunity because I took in so much and learnt heaps. I think I was, yeah, there for like three nights over the season, but then that's I uh, didn't end up finishing that season just because of COVID um, and due to numbers. Um, but through there, then Sammy was also the he- he- HBM at Casey, um, and through there, post COVID, got the job as the head of rehab for Casey Demons. <laughs> yes, you did. <laughs> and this is where I, from Instagram and knowing again Sam from afar, because I don't think I've actually ever met Sam officially. Yeah. But again, we kind of know each yeah. other. But this is how I got introduced to you from being in a football world, I guess, or a rehab setting. Tell me about. So I have this conversation a lot with people around working in sport, and to us, it's just a job and they're normal people. But to mm-hmm. other people, not necessarily put on a pedestal, but it's a world that's kind of illustrious and a little like, ooh, what happens in there? <laughs> what kind of preconceived like ideas did you go in with and then what changed quickly and what took a little bit longer to potentially change from like a mindset point of view about working in sport or working with athletes that are, you know, kind of put set on a pedestal above us sometimes? Uh, are we talking about Casey or are we talking as a whole? Just in general, just in general. So obviously your first experience in sport or yeah, our elite sport was in football, so... Uh, yeah, well, of course I was super nervous because I was a new invite. Shocked me. Yeah, funny. <laughs> funny that. <laughs> um, but just looking from afar, they are, they're put on a, a, like we say, a pedestal because they are they're AFLW, VFLW athletes, um, who from like, hey Banksy, <laughs> got a friend here helping us out. Um, Jazz's comfort dog. Yes, my comfort dog. Uh, before going into that environment, please don't pull out Thanks the cord. Thanks you. The cord. <laughs> this could end very Wheel, badly. Wheels are coming off. <laughs> um, again, me being quite ne- need to work on my confidence, and I thought going into there, um, how would I benefit, or how could I put any value into someone who's uh, a, an athlete at such a high level? Thing like. Yeah, I just didn't know where I would fit in or how I could stand up and make an impact in that sort of environment. Um, but going in, they're awesome people and it's not intimidating at all once you know them. It's a really fun environment environment to be around. Um, and yeah, just getting over that and learning that they're normal. everyone's normal people and they're good people and we're all there for the same goal to help us and try and achieve something as well. I was muted. <laughs> you were muted. I was taking some good quality <laughs> sip of water. It's clean. It's cold. And that's what I call high quality H2O. you seen it? Yeah, I've seen it. Okay, cool. <laughs> Just checking. Lucky would be mad if I didn't use one of his special buttons. Yeah, fair. That's basically why we got this whole unit so we yeah, can push buttons. pretty much. All right. So now we're at Casey. Mm. We're in the jazz lifetime line. We're at Casey. <laughs> What was your kind of main role or your day-to-day? What did it look like mm-hmm. across when you started versus what you finished? 
we'll start with Casey and then we'll shift on to what, what was next. But start mm-hmm. with Casey. So, what, one, what do you love about working at Casey or having, a, I guess, your first role in sport, mm-hmm. I guess you could say, and what changed across your time? So, obviously, from coming from a personal experience, like what I do now is very different to what I previously did, but mm-hmm. mainly because, like, I started in a different area. So, is mm-hmm. that the same that happened for you or is it kind of very fluid in how it just kind of moved? Yeah, well... I guess I started not having a role when I was at Melbourne and then moving into having full responsibility over all of the rehab group. I was pretty much thrown in the deep end. So sink or swim, not having done anything before. Sam was like, yep, here you go. These are your girls. Off you go. So you just have to figure it out. And I did, I guess, in the end. Um, each, I remember the first day and he's given me a whole list of all these girls coming in um, at the time with a massive list. And he's like, yeah, you're doing all those programs for them. Like, off you go. And again nervous and had no idea at the time what I was doing um but you just just figure it out once you just a lot of hard work but um had to just again this was over coming off the back of COVID and then we also had COVID during the year as well so a lot of time to reflect on and improve but I guess what did you reflect on um I think just yeah simplifying the processes and trying to I was doing way too much like way more work than what I needed to be doing at the time and uh, again, still always reflect on how we can make it better and systemized and structured and how to do it better. But again, was well, I was at Casey in charge of the uh, all of the rehab girls in terms of their strength and conditioning, um, return to play. Um, we didn't do too much testing there, um, but again, was still in charge of all of the girls' long-term, short-term modifications. And then I was again coaching in the gym floor as well a little bit so it was uh sammy and me to start off with and then cat as well he came along yeah what was your biggest challenge to start with um, and is it still a challenge or what strategies did you employ to come overcome that um the biggest challenge was probably just making sure that i was prepared in the sense of we never knew how many girls we were going to get or how many if there was going to be new New rehabbers on the day and again I didn't know any of them when I first started because I actually had spent maybe one session at Casey before starting as full-time so again having to build the respect and make an impact when I was in that environment um, again when I first started extremely nervous because on <laughs> did, didn't didn't know any of the girls and I really didn't know too many of the staff members only a few from uh, from Melbourne which is good. There was quite a bit of crossover, which was nice to see. Yeah, Melbourne do that quite well. From they all they yeah. do do it really well. It felt like they were two different, uh, not two different clubs, that it was the same club um, as quite frequently you get the same staff members around, which is really nice. Um, but I think, yeah, at the very start was just um, knowing that the biggest thing is just to make sure you're building the relationships with them and um, that's the biggest thing is earning the trust of the players and everything becomes a lot easier once you have that. Yeah. Apart from just being a good person, because we all know you're a great person, <laughs> when you talk about earning trust and just being in a foreign environment with foreign people and trying to make an impression, what what do you take into those situations? Because we all go about it very differently and we all have different hats for different environments. But mm-hmm. specifically for you, like what, what are things do you one like to do or think work best for you? Um, well, first of all, it's always just that initial introduction of just going up and introducing yourself, having a conversation. But... I think it's the biggest thing is consistency, showing up and making an effort in terms of that environment. I think it's the biggest thing. And if you continuously do, 
I think, yeah, actions speak way louder than words. So if you continuously show up and do the additional things and tr- and make show that you're a part of that team, I think that's the biggest thing that you can constantly do. Um, I think it's, yeah, actions speak way louder than words than anything you could do. Having a nice smile always helps too. Yeah, that too. Need someone funny around to make a smile. Ah, <laughs> 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 I got it. Um, so obviously at Casey now, still at base, yes? Yes. Still doing stuff with Roeville? Um, on my office center there. No, I wasn't at Roeville. I don't think I was at Roeville at the time. I was at Roeville for two years. I did my internship there. My inter- internship was meant to last 80 hours, but I ended up staying there two years. Um, but that's <laughs> oh. okay. That was uh, My internship was non-official and I'm still here, so true. can't actually get rid of me. True. Uh, so talk about schools and we're going to shift a little bit away from sport and then we're going to come back to the current, which obviously <laughs> anyone that doesn't know, you're our rehab coordinator at St. Kilda for the AFLW. Mm-hmm. We're going to come back to that and we're going to do that a little bit towards the end. But talk about school programs and working with junior athletes and a lovely question from Ali Miles this morning who yeah. is a sports di- dietitian who's currently setting up her own business in basically feeling for junior athletes and in particular uh, young women in sport. Mm-hmm. What about working in a school fulfills you or what do you enjoy about working in a school? Because mm-hmm. at sometimes schools can be quite challenging to work in, yes. and especially kids in early mornings and being forced there by parents. But mm-hmm. with you in the school programs and the stuff you do at base now still, like what, what fulfills you about that and what do you enjoy about that? Um, like we said, like we were talking about earlier, I think uh, <laughs> that age group and demographic especially well I can relate to the female athletes as well a little bit more because I've been in that experience and had to overcome certain hurdles and barriers when I was that age so I think again going back to it being able to be a role model for that those the young girls and just is what fulfills me because I know that they some of the things that I hear and they say and it's like the social media just good quality information they need the good quality information to kind of blur out some of the things that they're hearing on the social media side of things. Uh, what's one of the biggest gripes when it comes to that? What's something that drives you insane? So for me, we're talking mini bands of glute activation. So <laughs> what about that kind of environment and social media and things like that that young people may see? What's one thing that if we could, we'd get rid of it? Uh, what wouldn't happen, but just the comparison between the peers that happens and the comments that they say about themselves and the negative yep. self-talk is horrible. And yep. I'm <laughs> try, I, I just yell at them when I hear it. No, I don't yell at them. Self-destructive behaviour. Yeah, self-destructive behaviour is yep. a massive one that I see, yep. um, which is l- l- less than what it was in that environment in the group that I see of. Um, I guess I, I only see the girls um, maybe, I think, three times three times a week. Um, but I think so, so much benefit in terms of what they are doing towards and having a role model who kind of blurs out some of the what they see on the social media side of things. Yeah. With working with young girls as well, what kind of change do you see? So obviously we, we'll see physical changes and social changes, mental changes, things like that. But what mm-hmm. do you think is the biggest benefit of being involved in one of those environments? With potentially one, with a very good role model, but two, just being exposed through a way of thinking that's not destructive, I guess. Just the confidence. I think the confidence is huge in terms of going off performance and being the best version of themselves that they can be rather than comparing themselves to what they see on social media, what they see and perceived social norms of what they have to live up to. Um, Because obviously we're never going to change it. No. And it's probably only going to get worse, but... Potentially. (laughs) Potentially. Having better role models and better people in those environments, I guess, is kind of what I'm getting at. Yeah. Um, Yeah, we won't be able to try eliminate it or 
altogether. But if it's if they're getting a good role model who's telling who is there to kind of work. I'm trying to find the words. Oh, keeps good going. I love it. I love it. Keep brain dumping. I know brain dumping is happening right now. I don't even know if this is making sense because um, it is complicated. It, sometimes it doesn't have to make sense because it is it is a complicated area. Um, but I we don't s- need all the answers either. No, no. But um, from yeah, some of the comments that they've even told me or shared with me um, regarding because some of them to begin with were completely I'm not lifting that weight I'm not doing that I don't want to look strong I don't want to look like I've had girls like come up to me during the gym and say or oh, oh, literally do my legs look okay or uh, will this make my legs get bigger or things like that and I'm like well, well yeah maybe but you're there to be what about being the best version of yourself and how you can grow and develop in this sense and slowly um, again I'll never know if it is making an impact, but based on the changes that I've seen in their attitude and over time, I get to see them from year seven all the way to year 10, which is pretty awesome. Um, Again, get to see them from being really little year sevens to again. Tadpoles. Yeah, tadpoles. (laughs) (laughs) So then being in year 10, going through the program is what I love so that I can be there through whatever they need, whatever it is regarding, not even, it's more than just the training side of things. It's having someone there to support them during that time. Um, As we get to... Uh, talk to them as well and we run seminars for them and talk through whatever they need. Um, I think there's value in that because, again, social media is everywhere and oh, yeah. that is their maiden where they see and compare. Yeah. So if we can just kind of microdose in some <laughs> some better quality information, <laughs> um, I'll never know the impact it makes, but hopefully it does. Coming from experience, I feel like you'll be making an impact. I hope so. I think you are. I think <laughs> you're doing a good job. What's, I guess, if we shift kind of the conversation more around base and back to a high performance uh, strength and conditioning based chat, I guess you could mm-hmm. say, you do you run the internship at base? I run it with Keegs. Okay. So Keegs is our, he's there. So Lauren is a physio and Keegan is an exercise physio. So they work together. But Keegan. Physio, physiologist. Physiologist, right, cool. exercise physiologist. Sure. Sorry. No, 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 I was just I'm getting my names and my people and my tears and my yeah. <laughs> um, but they're both co-owners of Base. Um, so Keegan and myself, we run the internship program there. Mm-hmm. We just ran our first one just this term. What's that look like? Uh, again, it's a very big work in progress, and we're about to have the reflection on how the first one did. <laughs> oh, here's a good place to start. <laughs> we're about to reflect this coming week on where we need to improve that. Um, as well but again I think it's a good way to keep yourself accountable over because they ask you questions and you you either well I'll just tell them if I don't know the answer I don't know the answer but I think it's a good way to reflect on yourself as well which is what I like about it. Have you noticed and I know you hadn't run internships previously at base I think this was the first one but having done an internship yourself have you noticed a difference in I don't know can we call it behavior I guess of interns pre-COVID versus post-COVID and kind of Maybe can you kind of divulge what the impact may have potentially had kind of just being locked up for two and a half years and from a, an industry that's quite practical and yep. the way we learn is very hands-on from uni and a lot of the stuff we do is actually prac-based. Mm. Um, what kind of the differences do you see between maybe pre-COVID and post-COVID? Because at the end of the day, that's a real thing that for graduates especially, like that's something that has affected them without really knowing that it affected them. Yeah, I was having this conversation yesterday with Lauren. Um, again, we're in the midst of 
going over how we can improve it for next time. I've just found that having those two years off where we really had no stru- – we didn't have any structure. We didn't have to do anything. We were locked inside. We didn't have to do anything. We could get our away with sitting on the couch all day. Did you study during COVID? Yes. Yeah. Yeah, I studied First during – First year masters? Uh, last year sports Last science. year of sports science. Uh, okay. So, I mean, perfect timing. I just – Got yeah. to smash out, <laughs> smash out three units and finish off. You're thinking you're like 27, 28, you know, you're just an old soul, all right? Forget <laughs> your little baby. <laughs> um, yes, I was studying during that time. I found that, again, this was the first one that we had, but I found when I was doing my placements, there was a lot of proactive um, behaviours and I found that we potentially, they and now a little bit more just want to be told what to do rather than just being able to go, oh, hey, I see that job, all right, I'm going to go do it and make work. There's always something that could be done, whether it's talking to someone or just rather than just standing um, around because you can absolutely do your placements and your internships by just being there, but there's definitely a difference between like making an impact and just being there because, there's a, like I said, there's a lot of interns at Rise and you can just – you can get your hours absolutely by just sitting there and doing nothing or you can actually be there and be present in the moment and get a lot out of that environment. Yeah, and I guess it comes back to that conversation of just be a good person. We'll teach you what we need to teach you. Because, mm. um, like, again, coming back to teaching at uni now, there's there's 500 students in the unit that I'm currently teaching. Yeah. Realistically, let's say 20% of those actually finish the degree. Because we know there's a lot of dropout and yep. change and sports science is kind of a bridging course for some people to other things, which is absolutely fine and fantastic. What separates someone from not necessarily being a good person, but from an education point of view and an experience point of view, in your eyes or in your mind, what separates them from being, or separates them from the other group, I guess you could say? Puts them apart from others. Are you saying the ones that, I don't know if I'm understanding your question. Let's go with two groups of people. <laughs> proactive and non-proactive okay. what separates them besides just hey acting on things that they see and being proactive but from a higher ability point of view i guess is where i'm coming from what makes them more attractive from a business point of view to go hey we might want to offer you guys a job yeah i think it's making making work when work isn't there i think it's doing the little things really well as well just Rocking up on time, doing doing the little things and always doing things on time makes a massive difference. But you see the difference between you, you can tell the ones that are working, walking around and are constantly trying to do things. And from a proactive perspective, there's they they just make it. They don't have to be following like following you around and doing things. They are doing it on their own and going off. And I found that that's probably the biggest thing. Is there's Again, don't know where my words are coming from, but <laughs> <laughs> I was on a tangent and then I've lost I was it. it. I was, I was, I was in. You had me. You had me. <laughs> um, probably the the biggest difference would have to be. I, I still don't know where I'm going on this. I've lost it. <laughs> I've lost <laughs> That's it. Fine. That's fine. From a difference <laughs> of, let's say, potentially some of the people that you did your internship. Yeah. Or internships with mm. compared to some interns that you're seeing now. Yeah. Well, the difference between those guys or people. Yeah, okay. It's 2022, man. You can't say guys or girls. It's people. Because <laughs> <laughs> um, for me personally, like, I notice a big difference. Yeah. Just from exposure, I guess you could call it. 
yeah. or interactions because as we said before and what we started with, our industry is very people-based. Mm-hmm. Like it's not sets and reps and numbers and no one really gives a shit about cluster sets or how many Olympic lift variations you know. Yeah. It's about your ability to coach, communicate and interact and connect, I guess. Yeah. I th- Again, I see a, a massive difference in just doing the the like the additional work and doing it on time and being present in the moment there's just a massive difference between standing there and actually interacting with people looking like you're wanting to be there yeah looking like you're wanting to be there there's sometimes there's people just standing in the corner and not really which again i understand it's an if you're new in the environment it's intimidating but it's always that initial moment of just go up and introduce yourself and make put make add value to someone whoever's if it's in a coaching sense how can you add value in that situation and how can you make it better whenever I was in an internship my thought was how can I make it so that it would be inconvenient for me not to be there that was kind of my um and I think that sort of mentality potentially has shifted a little bit in terms of again just people wanting to be told what to do and I see that's the biggest difference in potentially some of the interns um that I've seen um, is again doing the little things right, but also how can you make value in that space and environment? Some people just stand there, and then again, some people don't know what they want to be doing. That's okay, but yeah. I, I I think it's all even if you don't know what you're going to be doing in the situation. Again, when I was on placement, it, it's not necessarily the environment that I wanted to be in. Um, and again, completing the placement it's not the environment that I want to work in but I still tried to do the best job that I could in that environment because you're going to learn in every single place that you can do and on learning I love segues (laughs) just flowing (laughs) on from each other learning talk to me about your masters so nearly done Mm -hmm. two placements left two placements any units or just the placements no 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 I've got units so I'm doing one at the moment one of them is my placement unit but I've done it and I just have to submit some assignments for that T's and dot the I's yeah cool yeah Um, and then I'll do a placement over T3 and then I've got one more semester after that with a couple only a couple most of it's placement based I've done all the heavy the bigger units and I did it part time so I could work Um, but yeah the ones when I first started were pretty uh, content heavy Uh (laughs) let's just say and I need to go over that and revise for when (laughs) it all comes back together when I have to do my OSCE um, which is in under a year now but for yes. those that don't know, what's an OSCE? Uh, it's it's pretty much like an initial assessment. You have to go through and do a subjective, an objective, and then also exercise prescription based on the case study that you get given. Mm-hmm. What case study do you want? Musk. Musk. Yeah, that's <laughs> <all I got laughs> what do you really not want? Don't give me cardio. Ca- really? I don't understand the ECGs. Yeah. Okay. I don't want to. That scares me. Okay. Fair that enough. genuinely scares me. I see squiggly lines and I go. Uh, what masters lecturers slash uh, demonstrators, <laughs> if you're listening, uh, none of that, please. Thank you. <laughs> Deal. Deal. What made you go EP side? Because um, obviously with sports science, there are so many options yeah. when you finish your undergrad, and yeah. it's very much a bridging to something else. It's never really yeah. the end point, especially nowadays. Most hirers at a medium to high level want a master's degree of some sort. So what made you choose EP? Uh, it would have been through meeting Keegan and kind of what I saw, what he did working with different clinical populations, but then also being in the strength and conditioning industry because at the time he was the head strength coach at Melbourne um, as well as working as an EP at base. And that kind of balance between multiple different environments seemed really like 
well, that would work for me because I don't, again, don't see myself working a nine to five at the same place. That personally just isn't. It'd be nice sometimes though. I know, but it's. <laughs> it's just, no, I know what you mean. I know what you mean. <laughs> yeah, I know. I'm, I get you. I get you. Uh, but I mean, when I first started work, like as just the assistant at Melbourne, I didn't know what an EP was. Had yep. no idea. <laughs> no, I don't think. Like coming to think, I don't think I really know what an no. EP was when I started. Even yeah. finished my degree, so. Well, yeah. Um, but it would no, have been to EPs out there. <laughs> I mean, it's Sorry. an up and, it's an up and coming industry. I still get people going. Yeah. What is it? Yeah. <laughs> like, um, but I just say I'm a physio that does exercise. Yeah. That's what I say, and it makes sense to people. So we go with it. Pretty much. Yep, I like um, it. But yeah, just being able to work with lots of different. I love working with athletes, but I also love making impact in other environments as well. Um, so I work with some NDIS patients as well, which is the side that I really enjoyed at the placement is some people have been through a lot of trauma and hard <laughs> shit, um, mm-hmm. and being able to make it. Did you just swear? No. Did you, did, you say, say. Did, you, did you say shit? No, I didn't. Okay, okay. I didn't say that. Okay, well, just well for reference, like, like the first <laughs> time last week after placement, I did nearly not, fell over. I did, did not. Ask my brothers. I Your swear mother all the would time. be ashamed. No, she wouldn't. My mum swears too, especially when she's watching <laughs> Richmond. Yes. Yeah, well. Mm-hmm. You heard her on the phone the other day. I did. <laughs> <laughs> I did. And my family is also a Richmond supporter, so I, I can see how they turn. Yes. <laughs> no, she's very funny. Um, again, I've lost. I can't even remember what we were talking about. Memory of a goldfish. Oh, that's fine. We'll move on then. Okay. Question from the gallery. Jamie Howlett, fellow EP <laughs> student. She would love to know what you're going to do post-study. What career options are you thinking about? Because you don't need to necessarily need to know black and white. Yeah. What are you thinking about? Uh, well, I guess we go with the population that I want to work in is still within sports, rehab, um, women's health, and I also just love coaching, so I want to make sure that that's a part of it as well. Cool. Yeah. Easy. Easy. That wasn't terrifying. No. Dad's <laughs> just terrified about those questions. Still is, because I've still got some coming. Moving on, again, it's another segue. So, into sports rehab. Mm. Talk to me about your role at Saints now, one, how it started, and mm. what your kind of week-to-week looks like, and we're currently week five of pre-season. Week five? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, well, I reckon I started, was it a year ago? What was the, it was the 20? Yeah, it has to be a year ago. A year ago now. Um, you didn't start till a little bit later, did you? No, because I only saw, well, I saw the advertisement on, Keegan showed me the advertisement on LinkedIn and then I applied. That was when Casey season had finished. Um, I reckon Casey season finished like around June, July. Yeah, it must've. And then I saw the advertisement in July and then I just applied for it, not thinking anything would happen. I'll just see, we'll see how what happens. <laughs> um, then a couple of weeks later, got an email and then, yeah, again, had an interview. And then I started a little bit later um, as I didn't find out until a few weeks after. Talk that to me well. about interview. <laughs> <laughs> I suck at interviews. I think I absolutely bombed it. I think you're doing okay today. <laughs> I think I bombed it. I was so nervous. Um, Shock it, me. <laughs> Okay, that was the third time I've said that. I know. I'm, I'm walking straight into these. Yeah, you are. Um, no, we talked about interviews. How do you approach interviews? How many interviews have you had for jobs? Because, again, I'm very... One. Yeah, but I'm very, like, <laughs> never done one, so... Kind Literally, of, that was my first okay. interview, which is why I was had no idea what to expect. It was yeah. short and sweet, but, again, think I bombed it because then I went out and was like, oh, I wish I said this. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, but in terms of how I prepared for it, like, I kind of... I was this, I prepared with Keegs. Like I sat down, he said potentially like what questions like might be said or. Did Ben ask any of those questions? No. Oh, damn it. 
I know. Come on, Ben. Be better. (laughs) Be better. (laughs) Um, But I just kind of go in there trying to make sure that – I think, again, if you're the right person for the fit, I think that's where it goes because – um, well, again, I wasn't the one selecting. He was. <laughs> um, but if I was, even for like our inter- intern process, we're looking, process, can't speak. Um, we're looking for the right person for the job. So I just try and show them that I will do, even if I, I didn't have a lot of, I had one or two years experience yeah, in a, experience. a little bit. But um, I think it's making sure you're the right person for the job. And if I wasn't, then I wouldn't have got it. But um just making sure to show that I was going to be a hard worker and what kind of coach I was. That was the biggest thing that I wanted to get across. Because yep. a lot of people and they will, especially potentially some podcasts and be from a sports science background and have to apply for jobs in sport and yep. high level sport. Um, what was the most terrifying part about going for a job in sport like that? I think it's the perception of just the, well, Again, it is like there's very few females in it. And again, working with... It's a great segue into my next question. <laughs> Thanks, Jazz. Walk right into it. I love it. So good. <laughs> um, again, it's just intimidating. Some of the comments and questions I think that I've had previously and not knowing if that was going to be the case here. Which you it, said previously. I previously, I in, no, you I thought two. I was in trouble then. No, nah, you're not in trouble. No way. Um, haven't got any of that here. <laughs> um, but have previously, again... I'm on the younger side of and haven't had, again, as much experience. Um, maybe four or five years compared to someone who's had 10, 11, 12 at multiple clubs. Going Quality, not quantity. I don't believe <laughs> yes. Okay, but some people potentially do. And you, unknown if that was the case here, how was I? Um, that's probably the biggest, most intimidating thing is there's not a lot of us, <laughs> yeah. not a lot of us around. No. Um, so I wasn't sure how I was going to fit into the environment or if I was going to be the right fit at all. What's the most confronting part about being a female working in sport? Because it is a little terrifying mm-hmm. and you are low in numbers and it sucks <laughs> and I hate it. So we're mm-hmm. bucking that trend. But what is the most terrifying part? Because coming from a male who's walking, working in sport, a lot of the time we just don't get that side. We think mm-hmm. we understand it. We say we understand, but we, do, we don't. We haven't experienced yeah. that. So for you and maybe some of your experiences, like what have, what have been confronting or learning moments you go, I'm better than that kind of thing? I just think it's sometimes the expectation that I'm like there as an intern or I'm there and I don't have a role or I think it's even if they're not realising they're doing it, sometimes the comments or the looks like I get people like, what the heck are you doing here? Um, But that doesn't help at all in the slightness because that's going through our head the whole time is going that we're on the minority, we don't belong here, we don't know what we're doing, we're we're not super muscly or big, I... It's hey, hey, you're strong. You're <laughs> strong. Don't cut yourself short. You're strong. Um, but again, that's the that's going through our head. So when somebody comes up and tells, and it has happened before, like people going, are you an intern yeah, or are you this? Oh, like, that question drives me up the wall. Yeah. I'm like, no. But especially when they're asked, if they went up to a male, they would ask, well, what is your role? And then being in yeah. like, I think that's probably the thing doesn't help working. And again, have not had that yeah. from either you or Ben. <laughs> um or at Casey and or Melbourne. And we were going to bat for you too. I know, We'd absolutely. We'd beat someone up for that. I know, <laughs> I know. What's, um, on the other hand, what's the best thing about being a female that works in sport? And it doesn't necessarily have to be female sport, but... Uh, sorry, what the what's best What's the thing? best part about being a female that works in sport? Um, that... So we just did the worst with sucky side. Let's go to the positive side. Uh, that we're... It's getting more common and more popular that we're going to be around and being those kind of first people to make a difference and be... Um, 
setting role models for other female coaches that want to come up into those roles as well, I think is exciting. Love it. Mm. What's something you're excited about working in sport? Uh, well, for me, I love working in the rehab space because especially long-term injuries that uh, they suck. I love being a part of helping get them back on track. That's probably the most exciting thing, the yeah. problem solving and the being there for someone who thinks that it's, especially when they first start doing the injury, being able to be there with them alongside for a long time and get them from not being able to walk to then run, play is the best thing. Yeah. Your patience is way outweighed by mine. <laughs> Very soft and kind. Sometimes, maybe not so much on this side. Of the <laughs> Talk to me about Saints. So, we spoke about how you got the job. What did it start as? Mm. And how did you kind of start? Because I know there was a transition period. Because mm. obviously, rehab is it's fluid for some people. And you just talking about long-term rehab uh, just before. Mm. How did the role kind of start? And what has it evolved to now? And maybe what some different tasks or some things you do now that you didn't start with at least? Yeah, I think, well, again, when you're – I don't, you didn't have a rehab coordinator before. Well, you were and Ben were combined. No, so we had one first year. Yeah. And then with through the COVID year, we didn't. Yeah. We kind of half-halved it. Mm. He would plan it, I would implement it. Yeah. And then you. We <laughs> <laughs> um, upgraded, of course. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, I think it started more as having to see where that position fit in because you didn't have one before. So earning the – trust again from physios to be the person where they would actually come to with that information to then do the programming which again the high performance manager Ben is in charge as well <laughs> but um uh just having so he's got so many other things that he needs to be doing there's a rehab person there for a reason so having just being able to take more of a responsibility over the girls and again just being more proactive in terms of, okay, who's who's on my list at the moment? Where are they at? What are they currently doing? Are they modified training? Are they more Ben's side of things? And just making sure that I'm checking in to make sure every single thinking beforehand and planning in advance, I think I've gotten better at. I think you're doing a good job. <laughs> I think you're doing – when you bring your laptop and your charger. Uh, hey, you're the one that left your laptop at Virtus and then went to go <sighs> It was one time. I haven't I done that we yet. we were going to talk about that today. <laughs> <laughs> tried to not walk myself into that one, but I'm pretty sure I just shot myself in the foot. Yeah, you did. But For reference, I really needed my laptop to do programs. And I would have let you mine. I you left it at Virtus, which is 45 minutes away from where I've been, where we train, and I had to come all the way back at 10 o'clock at night. So, Well, I would have let you mine, but... My theory was I'd been spending too much time with Jazz and some of her <laughs> had rubbed off on me. But anyway, I'm not going to go down that path. <laughs> Shut up. <laughs> that was on you. <laughs> Rehab at the moment. So week five, pre-season. Week to week, what are we What are we currently looking at for you? What, what do you do that night to night? So we're obviously going to training tonight. What, what's a day look like for rehab? Um, well, the girls... Wait, are you talking about for me or for the girls? No, for you. For you. So what, what are the things that you need to do on a day of training or to plan for a week ahead? Yeah, well, I normally try and do all their strength programs. Well, I'll we do all of our strength programming on like a Google Doc. So for I never plan more than like a week or two, maybe in advance, um, maybe for the longer term ones. But it's mainly things change on the fly. So having to just be um, prepared and have a few kind of options where we wanted to go. But in terms of the strength and conditioning, oh, sorry, the strength side of things, uh, that'll be done beforehand on training. I might get there a couple of hours earlier and get to the club to do that. Um, uh, but my role wouldn't start. I'm on field at the start for all of the girls that are running in some capacity in some shape. Um, bless you, Lockie. <laughs> bless you. 
I think that cost, I think that constitutes our pay rise. Jess. I think so. Lucky, pro- Lucky promised us that he wouldn't say anything while being in the room, and that if he did, I said that he'd have to give us a pay rise. So you heard it here first. Fifty-eight minutes into the podcast, Jazz and Mitch get a raise. Good, good job. Um, I. Where we We're talking about a night of training. What are you doing? So you're currently up to on-field and preparing for that. I've got you. Don't worry. Thank you. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I have to fill out our rehab sheet so we know that they're all documented and who's doing what or whereabouts. Um, but, yeah, so that's pretty much where I start is on-field and then that goes for however long – well, at the moment it's T's program, however long T's out there for um, and a few of the other girls. Which who is are, good because we don't yes. have too many. Exactly. We don't have too many at the moment, which is great. Yeah. Touching wood. <laughs> Yeah, or your head. Yes, hollow. Um, <laughs> uh, and then, yeah, back into the gym, depending on what they're doing after that is pretty much how it's structured. Trying to, where I can, I get them involved in training or some capacity with the whatever they can do, they're doing. But uh, for the most part, if they're modified, then just keeping following with that structure where need be. And then if they're in drills or anything like that, Ben helps because my footy brain is zero. <laughs> um, but Footy skills are getting better though. Uh, We're learning how to bounce a ball this week. You're actually a good teacher though, to be fair. Whoa, that's the <laughs> nicest thing you've ever said to me. I'm a coach, so I kind of <laughs> hope that'd help. Um, <laughs> I mean, bouncing on concrete is easier than grass though. Yeah, we did try and bounce the football like a basketball for a few few tries, but yeah, we got the hang of it. We got the hang of it. The kicking is getting somewhat decent. It is. It's getting um, better. Uh, sometimes. The first few are a bit... It just means the rehabbers have to run a little bit further. Yeah. T's currently doing... Um, extra K's. Extra K's <laughs> and agility <laughs> before she's been cleared. <laughs> um, but that's fine. <laughs> uh, yeah. So, that's pretty much how it will go on a night. And then depending on when we're doing strength, I'll help you set up or if we need to make any modif- further modifications. Do we talk about what happened with the cones the other night or... <laughs> Shut up. <laughs> okay, that's a no. Jazz set the cones up in the wrong way. No, that's okay. Yeah, but it was dark. It's backwards. I know. It was so <laughs> stupid. What? Sorry, Ben. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I wasn't even there. Long, long term or in the f- next few years, what does working in sport, what do you want it to look like? Do you still want to be a rehab coordinator? Do you have aspirations to be a football manager or a high performance manager or... I know you're still quite young and still studying and doing a lot of those things, but I thought I'd throw that one on you too. Uh, I honestly don't know. All I know is I want to be in a sporting environment. I enjoy working with like-minded people and it's uh, – I I would love for it to be a little bit more of a realistic job where it could be something part-time. At the moment, I understand, like in women's sport especially, um, it's – yeah, it's not a something that can be a part time thing. It's definitely you have to do your work and then go there afterwards and fit. Uh, throughout the year, yeah, that would yeah. be awesome if it could be more consistent on yeah, the I mean, and yeah, being I mean, with yeah. the rehabbers all year round rather than not having a. Yeah, I mean, um, yeah. yeah. So that would be awesome if it could grow into that. As yeah. I love the female athlete environment. Um, again, have no idea what I want it to look like, but all I know is I want it to be in there. Some I love the rehab side of things as well, but also know that I want to learn more about what how you do things and also Ben I think it's really fascinating and interesting um and from where I started to where I am now is massive difference um I yeah I wouldn't have even thought of that I would be interested in doing anything other than rehab but we'll just see what happens cool I love it now I'm going to buy your phone because my phone is recording so we have some questions from the gallery to get to but while I log into Instagram on Jazz's did your phone, phone die no no it's it's recording oh we have video modality too. Do you need to log into your phone? I need to log into my Instagram. But right, while we're do doing that, that we are just ticked over an hour, so we're about to wrap up. I need a heart rate check. Uh. 
Where's it gone? It's going to take a minute to look. It's okay, I'm going to take a minute to log in. Good. 72. 72. We are cruising and I'm <laughs> logged in. Good timing. And I know what the first question I'm going to be is asked, but I need to work out the way that my mother phrased this question <laughs> based on just talking about working at Virtus and working at Saints. I don't think we actually touched on the start. How did you get a job at Virtus? Uh, you literally mentioned what, – what did you say? Uh, it would have been after one night after – would have been one night after Saints. You said you were looking for another. You said yep. you were looking for a female coach. Yeah, so um, we were looking for a female coach because us three idiots needed some loving out. <laughs> I'll say it. You don't have to agree. It's okay. I'll cover for you. Um, and then I think it would have been like a week later. I just kind of said, oh, what does the job kind of look like? And it was just kind of went wrong. I s- not semi-jokingly. I did mean it when I said, I was like, hey, I can get, you know, if you yeah. want a job, I can't sort you out one. And then like... In typical jazz fashion, like a week later, it was like, hey, bitch, about that job. And two weeks later, you gave everyone COVID. I mean, you got a job. Well, I mean, I gave Lockie COVID. <laughs> you did, and then Lockie gave it that was right so else. bad. That was <laughs> On a good Christmas introduction. Eve. That was a good introduction to Virtus and being a coach. That so that's, so <laughs> that's what you can remember as. All right. The question from my mother. <laughs> Here we Is go. Mitch a pain to work with? Well, when you throw things at me, it was a yes. couple of times. You said li- maybe twice a week. Like cones, <laughs> like not, you know, dumbbells. It's Wait, does the question, is Mitch a... Wait, what is the question? The question is, is Mitch a pain to work with? But she didn't grammatically ask it with a question mark, so that's what we're going with. Fair enough. Mm, no. You're allowed to say yes. Because <laughs> I'm sure a lot of people will agree with you. <laughs> when you've had three hours sleep... Maybe. I'm peaking. What are you talking about? <laughs> uh, a question from current intern, Nat Cartwright. How do you manage study and having multiple jobs as a very busy lady? Um, well, we just make it work, I guess. Um, it's at the moment doing the study on top of the work, which is why I did part-time study to make sure that I was getting, um, ma- like doing what I love to do, which is working in the environment. And I didn't want to have to halt um work for study as I know that it is important but also it's you have to be in that environment and I didn't want to lose the positions that I had as I see myself doing that in the long term so I didn't want to say oh no I can't do this because I'm doing full-time study which again I wouldn't want to be doing I think my uh just doing I would have lost a lot of again being a naturally quiet person I need to make sure I'm practicing certain things (laughs) I have a follow question. I muted myself. You again. muted yourself Damn again. It. I just wanted a sip of water. Uh, I have a follow question from that. What What are the things you choose to sacrifice for study and for work purposes? Sleep. <laughs> <laughs> what are some jazz activities that jazz loves to do? Um, I love anything. Being like outdoors and traveling and um, I love playing sport and ideally I'd be playing sport a little bit more and being able to spend time with my friends and my family a little bit more, which, again, when I'm peak uni and placement, that doesn't happen, um, which is at the moment. And ideally, I'd be able to play sport, with whatever that looks like, consistently throughout with my friends and uh, whatnot. But at the moment, I'd, I'm not as I'm in season with Saints and I'm there. But, again, I that's kind of the sacrifice that I made to be able to do it. Are you okay with those sacrifices or do you, you struggle with it a little bit? 
Um, I miss playing sport okay. as much as I did. And I do wish that I was still like consistent with uh, – I, I wouldn't say I regret it because I absolutely love working in the sporting industry, but it's something that I wish that I had extra time for to be able to still be in that competitive sporting environment um, because I, I love it. Question from David Dobson. Do you know David? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. He's asked a couple of questions. Oh, he asked one on his personal, one on his coaching. So, yeah. <laughs> what can male coaches do to support the growth of other female coaches? And I love this one. That's a good question. Um, I think it's, I think you're just treating us the same, <laughs> like you're not even having, sometimes it's a. I it, find this yes and no. I, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna like to like. What do you mean? Because I don't feel like I want to treat you the same way because. I don't want to make it a boys' environment, if that makes sense. No, I don't I know, know if that's mean. just me being like more softer personality-wise. Because yeah. like originally, I and thought I do give you enough shit as the same amount of shit I give Ben, but yeah, like I, I don't want to treat it like boys' environment. No, 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 I know what you mean. Because I think sometimes that can happen as a male coach working with other female coaches. Yeah. like that does happen. Yeah, it it especially when we're on the minority, it sometimes feels like I'm walking into yeah, your environment, yeah. and which again hasn't happened when I'm Finite Saints, but um. Just the more you say that, the more nervous I'm getting. <laughs> <laughs> it hasn't. Because yeah, okay. I think that it's an environment that wants to support the growth in that in that space. And um, it is. So what was the question? I've lost it. What, did what you can say? male coaches do to support the growth of other female coaches? I think just being okay with the fact that it's not always... Like, again, I think that I'm more of a, again, softer, compassionate. Like, that's... Not that you're not, but I think in terms of <laughs> that, just being open to that there's going to be different personalities and I've lost it. Um, different behaviours. Different, yeah, different behaviours in that it's okay if they're not look like, again, being young, shorter and things like it's just, just a different and again still kind of trying to map it out myself in how they how it can be different but just being open to the fact of that if someone's newer in like we're in the minority of that just being okay with that we're gonna it's gonna start happening and just hiring the right person for the job rather than somebody that might look like they're the best person for the job it's who's actually doing it oh see that wasn't too hard i know i just struggle with my words (laughs) sometimes i love it Let's go three more. There's a few questions here, <laughs> What are you most proud of? Um, Lachlan Wallace, by the way. Yeah, fair enough. Of course That's, it is. Of course it is. Basic bitch. <laughs> <laughs> um, who am I most proud of or what am I what most... What are you most proud of? Um, I think the many times that I've thrown myself in the deep end to be able to do now what it is that I love. I think I had to... Uh, there's been multiple times where I've been super nervous and anxious about different environments that I had to do uh yes (laughs) yeah but I knew it was going to be in the long run the best option because they're often the most rewarding things I love this question and I'm going to slightly change this from Kate Shuler question is how the hand warm is going funny (laughs) my leading question to this is how many packets of ham warmers are in your pantry right now? That's not my fault. That's no, no, my no, mum's fault. No, 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 no. Answer the question. Answer the question. How many packets of ham warmers are in your pantry? Like 20. I think that's not enough. I think there's a few more. 
<laughs> Mum saw a special and she went out and bought a massive <laughs> box because she was looking at the weather and was like, oh, you that's just my mum for you. She's a funny lady. We, we do a winter sport now. It was a summer sport. I know. Sport. I know. So is adapting to the winter nights training outside and has hand warmers and but, is known for said hand warmers. Yeah, but the hand warmers are great. And when you need them, absolutely. But T gives me shit for doing them or every single time. But when she's cold, it's fine. Why are you so cool? I'm not. Uh, you are. You're a pretty cool cat. <laughs> I'm not. You know who answered, asked that question, didn't you? No. Catherine. Oh, Cat. Oh, Cat. Thanks, Cat, but agree to disagree there. You're pretty cool. <laughs> and then lastly, it's not a question, but it's a statement, but I left this one to last on purpose. You look nervous. I am nervous. What is it? Hannah Priest. <laughs> she says... I don't have a question, but I'd just like to let her know that she's a flipping legend. And you know what? I agree with that and Thanks, lots Sam. of other people that agree <laughs> with that. And on that note, we're going to finish up. Thank you very much. Podcast <laughs> over. Thank you for listening. Thank you for being here, Jazz. How painful out of 10 was that? Not as bad as what I thought yeah, it was going to be. Yeah, like that's what we like to hear. Good job. Uh, we're going to wrap this one up. Uh, thanks, Jazz, for coming on. Thanks, everyone, for listening. We are... Actually, don't know, don't know who's on next week. I don't know either. Neither do I. Stay tuned. Lucky and Tyler, you're in charge. <laughs> Adios.